Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on Legal Talk Network. Today's episode is about marketing, and it's been a couple few episodes uh, since we've left marketing, um, and I'm excited to come back and have another show talking about an aspect of marketing. Um, And what's interesting, I think, about today's guest is that we're not going to talk so much about how to get more leads. Um, And if you've listened to some of my podcasts, you know some of my feelings around that. You know, while many lawyers think that it is a solution, you know, more leads, more money, more money, good. There are, and there are plenty, plenty of vendors who that is the extent of their conversation with you. And it will sell more leads as the solution when it's very often really just a way to exacerbate a problem that's going on with the business. I might even take an episode, I've been thinking about this, to talk one-on-one with you about what I call the five commandments of marketing. But for right now, let us just suffice to agree that marketing that has bad ROI, that has bad metrics, that doesn't have good uh, return on you know the number of sales that happen out of the marketing effort, um, that problem's not going to be fixed with volume. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about here today with Karen Conroy on um, the title of our show today is Insight, Intake, Discovery, uh, Making Less Equal More. And as I just mentioned, my guest today is Karen Conroy. And Karen brings great experience from her time as Director of Marketing for Century 21. Um, And since then, she's also brought her MBA and uh, her non-legal, aka real-world, marketing experience to benefit law firms. Um, With her business, Conroy Creative Council, she's helped more than 200 law firms improve their marketing and continues to bring her mix of technology, design, and business knowledge to bear for law firms, which makes her a great guest. Karen also writes for lawyerists and attorney at work and uh, is sharing her great ideas widely. And we're really grateful to have her on the show to share them with you. Um, Of course, ever so humbly, I am your host, Christopher Anderson. I'm an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers achieve success with their law firm businesses. In the Unbillable Hour, every month, we explore an area important to help you be a more profitable lawyer through growing your revenues, getting back more of your time, and or getting more professional satisfaction from your business. The Unbillable Hour is dedicated to bringing you guests every month to help you learn more about how to make your law firm business work for you instead of the other way around. And before we get started, I do want to say a thank you to our sponsors, Nexa, Solo Practice University, Scorpion, and Law Clerk. Nexa, formerly known as Answer One, is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for law firms. Learn more by giving them a call at 800 267 9371 or online at www.nexa.com. Solo Practice University is a great resource for solos no matter how long you've been practicing. Make sure you check out solopracticeuniversity.com and learn how to run your practice better. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award winning website 
and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Law Clerk, where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit lawclerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. And again, today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is insight, intake, discovery, making less equal more. And my guest today is Karen Conroy. Uh, She's the founder and creative director of Conroy Creative Council. Karen, welcome to the Unbillable Hour. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I am glad to have you. Um, and uh, it's a, sort of a tradition with the show that my introductions are, are of you are pretty pathetically brief. Um, so I, because I, I want to give you the opportunity, I listen to this, I'm, I'm trying to make it sound like this is my intention, um, but I'm just really bad at intros. But so if you don't mind, just take a moment uh, to tell us a little bit more about the background that led you to be doing marketing, you know, creative marketing for law firms. Well, it's kind of one of those windy road paths that I had a lot of different experiences, but looking back in in retrospect, it all kind of makes sense and all the pieces fit together into this strange outcome. So I started in the dawn of the internet way at this um, little tiny beach internet cafe where it was still like the era of Netscape and uh, Napster was cool and not illegal. <laughs> and I was uh, making websites in HTML and, you know, all of all of that. And so I started there and it was this very sleepy little beach town and um, that kind of went south and shut down. And so that's where a lot of my clients initially started coming from. And then eventually I decided I needed to figure out what I was doing. So went back the first time to uh, post, you know, undergrad did a design uh, program for about three years, and then I um, went back the second time and got my MBA. So I then started working at Century 21, and I was doing a combination of design and management. But um, when I got my MBA, it kind of fit all these pieces together where not only do I look at things from a creative side, and I really um, have that kind of in my core, but it's also strategy and um, for law firms, especially, I find that you know lawyers don't learn this stuff in law school. They don't learn the kind of things I learn in business school about how to set up a business and how, what a PNL is, and you know all of those kind of fancy things about how to crunch the numbers. No, Karen, Karen, so you're I, totally wrong. What they <laughs> what they what they teach us in law school, I, you just see, you haven't you haven't understood this. But what they teach us in law school is that you work really really hard and do great legal work. And at night, the magical law firm marketing and business fairies take care of everything for you. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So that's actually kind of the role that I try to come in and be that business fairy to a lot of my clients. (laughs) It was true. Exactly. So my wings are, you know, not super visible all the time, but they're there. And that's, that's kind of where I try to, you know, plop in and say, and oftentimes I'll be working with people who have learned the hard way that they don't they don't know this stuff and and I'll have talked to them maybe a year before and they they'll you know kind of look at my proposal and not quite see the value in it yeah. and then I'll and then they're thinking oh I can do this I'm a lawyer I should be able to you know I'm a smart person I should be able to do this and then they try to do it and it doesn't go so well and they start to calculate the number of billable hours that they've just wasted and um, all of a sudden 
my proposal looks very uh, appealing and I hear back from them and then they're kind of an ideal client because it's like, oh, now I get it. Now I see why I need someone like you who understands all this stuff that I just don't get. Yeah, but and so I, I totally get that. And that's so, so true. What, what I wanted to talk to you today about, because I mean, you really got some great thinking around this and I think it, it needs to be heard is, you know, whether they use you or they use someone else to build a great website and they figure out social media and they, they do, they get the, they, they get some leads coming in. So many people focus on the leads and so few people focus on the actual results to how many of those leads actually become clients. And, right. and you, you wanted to talk about, it and we were going to talk about insight, intake and discovery. Yep. Um, so let's, let's, first of all, um, I think it's important, like those are three different words and lawyers, when they hear the word discovery, think something else. Right. So let's describe, what are we talking about? First of all, with insight, what do you mean by insight in this trilogy of uh, important things to be thinking about? So first you shouldn't be just catch throwing out this giant wide net and trying to catch any potential clients. So mm-hmm. um, before I even did my MBA, I'll, I'll kind of keep relating this to my own business and building my own business. I would get people who'd say, hey, I know that you know uh, how to make a website and I am, um, I cut hair and I need a website. And I'd be like, yes, I think you, there's probably some money behind that. Let me do that. I have never done a website for someone who cuts hair, but okay, let's do it. And it's, it was always just a disaster. So first of all, uh, insight is about figuring out who your potential clients are and then creating some kind of a system around a filter for those inbound leads. So all of your leads should not then make it to the next step. So there should be a filter where you have some kind of a system to ensure that these people are a good fit and not everyone should be a good fit. So you shouldn't just say, oh my gosh, I have 3,000 hits on my website this month, 3,000 new clients. No, no. Right. <laughs> like, that's just, you know, that's just kind of basic, basic marketing, but there should be a number of filters. It should be, you know, kind of like that funnel, that upside down funnel where, okay, you've got 3000 hits on your website that then converts to level two, which is the number of people you actually reach out to, which converts to level three, which is the number of people who make it through kind of a good fit on either side filter, then, you know, keeps filtering down and down and down until maybe two to 3% of that traffic actually becomes a client. So, so insight should just kind of be that broad system that filters the people through your, through your kind of questionnaire or whatever that system is to make sure that step one, it's a good fit. And can that insight even go to the messaging that you're putting out there? Like kind of like letting people know, like, yep. we're for you, hundred percent, but we're not for you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, this is another thing that I'll kind of come touch on throughout our conversation, you should have some kind of positioning for your brand. And branding is initially something, anytime I talk to law firms, most law firms, there's some very educated, elevated lawyers that I talk to who like talking about it. But for the most part, when I talk about branding, they all kind of tense up and get a little uncomfortable. But basically, you should either be positioned on price, convenience, or quality. So let's hope it's not price because um, that you're probably it's that's probably going to be a disaster. You don't want to be the Walmart lawyer. So let's set price aside. Um, so you're either going to be convenience or quality. So you're either 
um, a lawyer who, let's say you're a personal injury lawyer, who you want to be out there on every billboard and you want to be the quickest, fastest, easiest thing that someone remembers if they're in an accident. Okay, so that's probably convenient. You're going to approach everything from a position of convenience. You're going to do everything quick. You're going to have your phone number. You're going to have one of those annoying, memorable phone numbers, like 800. It's going to be like, got hurt? Call Bert. 1-800-BERT-BERT. Exactly. Everything should be about making it convenient and fast. And so your messaging should be convenient and fast. Your filtering system should be, is this one, is this someone who is looking for someone who is a convenient lawyer? Or is this someone who wants quality, which is so different? And everything about quality is going to be, number one, higher price. Number two, they appreciate your value. And if they don't, then shove them over to someone who is that price-based or convenience-based lawyer. So you should probably have some of those people in your uh, Rolodex. Let's hope it's not an actual Rolodex, but you know, in your phone <laughs> that are your referrals that are going to be, you know, you're going to send those people over to. So, okay, you get a person who comes in and they're price-based. Oh, here's my price-based referral person who I'm going to send you over to. And you're going to do that in a very nice professional and friendly and systematic way. Okay, I've got this templated email. Here you go. This is my buddy. We have some kind of a partnership relationship. They know I'm going to send you this referral. We're not a good fit, but here you go. I've already got this all set up. But let's say your quality, because this is the one that I like to speak to the most, because this is what I am, then all of your branding, all of your insight, all of your, all three of these things we're going to talk about, insight, intake, discovery, it should all be around quality. So you should have a filter that if someone is out of the gate asking you about pricing or how fast and convenient it is, those should be at least red flags. You know, it shouldn't be that they, you know, your clients should care a little bit about price, of course, but it shouldn't be their driving factor. Sure, everybody does. exactly. So... (laughs) I know that was a mouthful. (laughs) No, that was fantastic. Because I think that's, I mean, to me, and we're going to talk about intake, these other two things are really important. But this is the main one. Because I I think what I see, I mean, and listen, you know, in this business, I'm out there helping a lot of law firms. And I surf, and I look at what a lot of law firms are doing in their marketing. And like, without being, well, actually with being exaggerating, but not that much. So many law firms are out there going like, hey, you know what? We help people um, with stuff. So come see us because we, we that's what we do. And then, they, then they're surprised when, you know, because you said 2 to 3% of leads become clients, which that would be awesome. I and mean, I think that's a great, that'd be a great rate. Um, and, you know, but they're, they're just shocked and dismayed when they're at 0.2%. Um, and then they're, they're, their phones, you know, they're spending gobs and gobs of money answering phone calls and speaking to people that they shouldn't even be speaking to. Right. Um, but so let's let's take it to the next step. So that's insight, which I thought is just brilliant. Yeah. Um, what's intake? What's what's this next step of intake? Okay. So if you fi- picture that upside down funnel, these are people who have made it through that insight. So in some way, they may have red flags, and that's okay. But in some way, um, so for myself, I have a very a rudimentary scorecard and I've got it so drilled into my head. It's basically that, you know, that I kind of evaluate people on three or four things. I can glance at like their initial contact and score it in my head. It's not a complicated thing, but for me, I score it on how much they talk about their budget, basically what their kind of practice area is. And I just kind of look at what they're talking about and whether I see value for me and my services. So for each for myself versus any firm, this is going to be a different kind of scorecard, but it should be very basic. You should be able to look at 
any kind of a initial contact from a client or a potential client and just score it and say, okay, um, this may be a six out of 10, or this may be a two, which is a no, or, you know, and have kind of some sort of breaking point. So if it's, you know, under five or whatever it may be, you know, have a breaking point, but let's say it's, it's a six or a seven. So yeah, there may be a little bit of red flags. They're talking somewhat about budget, but you know, that's all right. Um, so it somehow has made it through that insight. You've scored it. It's okay. It's a, it's okay enough to go to the next level because ideally you're going to get them to the next level and you have to do some convincing to them. You know, you're going to have a conversation and um, really figure out if if it is an eight or nine or if it really is a two or three. You mentioned, um, you know, that you know whether or not that'll work for you. How do you feel about like as part of that intake also evaluating whether you can really bring value to the client? Yeah. And that's part, that's the the other piece that I didn't um, mention is whether I think it's going to be a successful project. So if I look at what they're asking and they're uh, needing a website or, you know, whatever it is they need uh, yesterday, or if they left a firm or were fired or something last week and they had no knowledge of it, or they plan to leave a firm and they didn't even think about a website until two months after the fact. And they are just in a panic, that's probably not a project I'm going to take because um, they're in such a hurry. They are going to cut all corners. They don't see my value. They just you know, want it too fast for it to be good. So yes, absolutely. Whether you think it's going to be successful, and that doesn't necessarily mean a successful case outcome, but whether you and the client agree on the kind of goals for whatever that right. case or project or whatever is. Yeah. Cool. All right. So that's insight and intake. What's discovery? So intake also, just to step one step backwards. Yeah, I'm though, sorry. Please, for, yeah. For me, that includes, so I set up an initial call. I go through, it's also kind of an interview for me with that client to make sure that they're a good fit. But then um, it, it's also, at one point in the intake, they are they have now signed up and we have an agreement and they are a new client. And so that will include a welcome packet that took me forever to put together. And I, I do kind of refine yeah. it from time to time, but it includes some standard things that I think are are standard for any kind of business, like just an understanding of expectations, uh, how they can get in touch with you, what they've signed up for and agreed to. Uh, you'd be surprised the number of lawyers that I work with that didn't even read through the contract. <laughs> so, you know, little things like that that just kind of reiterate the important little bits of, um, you know, what their role is and and um, how that's how it's all going to work. And so I have checklists for all of that stuff. So anytime I, I get a new project, I go through a list of checklists. There was a really great book a few years ago about how um, surgeons and everyone, they really need these checklists to ensure that everything is getting done correctly. Because after the human brain hits like three or four things on a list, it's very, you know, questionable about how many of those you can actually remember. So I have checklists for everything to make sure that myself and my team is getting everything done and doing what we were promising. And so that's kind of intake. Then it goes into discovery. Okay. But so it's this intake process is involved and really um, helpful at narrowing down the match between you and the potential client. Exactly. But also kind of setting the stage for the whole project. So they understand, yeah. especially in my case, a lot of my clients haven't done a website before, or if they 
have. It was, you know, painful. And so, and each firm does things differently. So they, this is oftentimes not something that they're familiar with. And that's, you know, also the case for a lot of people who are initially hiring a lawyer. They haven't necessarily done that before, maybe one other time. And so they really don't know what to expect. And so it's really important right off the bat to be open and clear about all the steps, all the levels of communication, what's going to happen next. Here's what I need from you. Here's how the payment is going to happen. You know, all of those, all of those really important things. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking with Karen Conroy, and we're talking. The title of the show is Insight, Intake, and Discovery, and we've gone into uh, good detail on uh, on what insight and intake are, and how important they are in matching through the marketing process and the insight and then intake once they become a lead, how to ma- match them with the business and match the business with their needs. Um, we're going to take a break right here, and when we come back, we're going to learn about what is discovery. And then we'll also talk about how to measure all this stuff and and how to actually put it to use. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Use rebate code UNBILLABLE to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. If you're missing calls, appointments, and potential clients, it's time to work with Nexa Professional. More than just an answering service, Nexa's virtual receptionists are available 24-7 to schedule appointments, qualify leads, respond to emails, integrate with your firm's software, and much more. Nexa ensures your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 800-267-9371 or visit them at nexa.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. And welcome back to the Unbillable Hour. We're talking with Karin Conroy and we've been talking about insight, intake, and discovery. Um, really important steps to kind of juice the investment that you make in your marketing to make sure you're reaching the right people and then that you're matching them with your business. And we gave great definitions of insight and intake. And now Karin was going to talk to us about what this discovery portion is. So Karin, what's this discovery bit? (laughs) So it's not so different from probably how a law firm will do the discovery of a a case. I'm not a lawyer, so Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly. But my guess is that it's, you know, basically a fancy word for research. And so for myself, when I have a new client, it's it's about getting all the necessary information about that client and about their uh, potential clients and who they're looking to work with. So they've signed up now. You're they're they're a current client. Right. Okay. And now I'm figuring out what we're going to do. Basically, so now I'm figuring out kind of what the approach is going to be for that uh, for that project who their clients are, what the messaging is going to be, what kind of brand they are looking to represent, what kind of colors, fonts, styles. But usually, well, not usually, but oftentimes the colors, fonts, style, and visuals are the thing that it gets distilled down to. And there's so much more behind all of that, um, that a lot of firms start with that and it falls flat because they don't really understand what goes to make that uh, effective and um, how to tie that in with your messaging and how to do things that aren't cliche and all of that stuff. Yeah. Cool. All right. So you put this whole scope together. So, 
and then you really know what 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 you're doing with the client. Um, and you, I mentioned you when when we're talking about the law firm marketing, um, these all fit in directly. You know, when the law firm finally gets the client, it's it's all about making sure um, that they get in a systematic, methodical way right. uh, what the scope of the representation is going to be. Exactly. And so for myself, when if we go back to that idea of the brand's positioning, whether it's price, convenience, or quality, and I am always coming from a quality position. So I travel quite a bit with my family and I really enjoy very high-end hotels. And so I come back to that in my head a lot just to because I think kind of visually. So I need to have those visuals of if I was walking into a high-end hotel, they do all these little tiny things that make them high-end. And there are things that they're thinking of before you would ever think of it. A lot of things that you would never even think to do. You know, if they're greeting you at the door with a cool washcloth, you know, if it's a humid temperature or something like that, I would never greet someone at my front door with a cool washcloth, but it's such a nice little idea. So it's little things like that, that if you are looking to convey that kind of a brand, you need to be thinking way ahead of your client that all the little tiny things that are going to put you way over the top and make you super memorable and make it different. So not just, you know, the normal, typical, obvious responses, but high-end quality things. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just got this vision of, you know, this criminal defendant uh, client comes in. You're like, uh, you look kind of dirty. Would you mind just wiping your hands <laughs> yeah, a little bit? Exactly. Here's a in? bottle of hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. Please don't touch anything. No. <laughs> I get it. So so let's let's put this all to real work. Okay. So we talked about this. And the, I mean, I think anybody listening at this point kind of gets that these are really great ideas. So now let's, if you don't mind, can you share like how you teach law firms to make this actionable, make it measurable? What kind of data can they use in this insight and intake uh, part of the process in particular that can help them make decisions? Well, this is going to be a vague answer because for every firm, it's going to be different. So, you know, that's the short answer. But the first thing is to figure out what your key performance indicators, those KPI things are. And if you've never heard of that, it's just basically a, a number that you assign to some kind of a goal. So, For some of the firms I work with, the first thing they'll tell me is, I have no interest in SEO. I do not care about Google. 98% of my clients come in through referrals. And so what I care about is my reputation. I need some kind of a presence online that represents my experience. And when people go to look me up, they can feel that I I totally understand their problem, but that I also have the experience and the knowledge to help them solve their issue. So their goal and result and their measurable kind of result is going to be a lot different than a personal injury attorney who does care a lot about SEO and is going to be looking at all those numbers. So a a client who looks at their reputation and their and that kind of stuff is going to be someone who looks at the number of people who mention their website who mention that oh I looked at your website and it was really impressive and I looked at maybe I looked at your bio and I noticed um, XYZ and that is the reason that I decided to call you or um, there was some compelling piece of messaging that I noticed and I'm going to mention now that is the reason that I actually converted to actually pick up the phone or send you an email or you know 
do that very simple conversion. So right. So how do how do we gather this data? How do we get this data in? Right. Um, how do we find that out? So for that type of a firm, it's going to be a pretty simple kind of sales funnel and way of of measuring that. So typically, the life cycle of that client is going to be they got your name from someone else or they heard your name somewhere, and then they looked you up online, and then. In some way, your website converted them and reinforced what they had already heard enough to make the conversion where you either picked up the phone or made that email. So in that kind of course of that client, those are the behaviors that you want to reinforce. So you want to make sure that your phone number is visible, all that stuff. So number one, you're going to count the number of clicks on your phone number or on your email address. So that's a measurable number. But also, you're going to have some kind of an intake process in your law firm that makes sure that you ask these people, okay, how did you hear about us? And then you're going to keep track of that. And it can be something as simple as whoever is doing your intake, making sure that they're keeping track of it in some way, or even if you are just keeping track of it uh, as you take those calls, depending on who's who's doing that. So that type of firm is going to be pretty simple, pretty basic. And you don't need to make it overly complicated, but you just need to know, okay, most of them are coming in from X referral source. So maybe there's one particular referral source that's, you know, doing 80% of your referring. And so you need to make sure to nurture that, that relationship, make sure you send them a nice, you know, little present every so often, um, keep in touch with them and, you know, keep that, you know, a happy relationship. Um, or maybe not, maybe there's five or six, but that's going to be the, the question that you're really driving at. And there, you only have to go back a couple steps to figure out where, where the beginning of that funnel starts. Perfect. We're going to take another break here and uh, hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to ask Karin about what software we might use to help track this information. Because you know, once, once we get going, there's a lot of information that we've talked about. Probably be helpful to have something that can help us track that and then uh, what kind of what what was some red flags, you know, go, no, go. What, what kind of information might give us go, no, go decisions. But first, we'll hear from our sponsors and then we'll come back and uh, ask Karin those questions. Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google premier partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. Ready to create and build your own solo or small farm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There's only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals, Solo Practice University the only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than 1,000 classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. And welcome back. We're speaking with Karin Conroy, and we've been talking about insight, intake, and discovery. And uh, we just got done talking about a lot of information to look at, the data um, to p- be able to make decisions um, about our marketing and about whether or not to take certain clients. And uh, Karin, before we went to break, I said I w- was just going to ask you about what you recommend to your clients um, regarding software to use to kind of keep track of this stuff. You know, the market is so full 
of different, you know, there's, there's Clio Grow, there's Insightly and Contactually, and there's HubSpot and ActiveCampaign and Salesforce and uh, Keep, which used to be Infusionsoft. What do you recommend? So I start all of these conversations whenever um, I often will talk to someone who's starting a new firm and setting all this stuff up and they have this yeah. question. And um, and I suffer from this issue myself of shiny objects syndrome. I see all sure. of these new software and I just waste so much time looking into this. So the, the short answer is keep it simple. Do whatever you can do to keep it the most simple that you possibly can for the best cost. So for myself, I have tried everything under the sun. I do a lot of Google Docs, Google Drive, do a lot of shared documents through Google. But then I also have found um, kind of a CRM that fits within uh, Gmail. And that way I can kind of do things right inside of my inbox. But, you know, the short answer is to, to do whatever makes the most sense for your firm. If you need to integrate it with a number of people and team members in your firm, that's different than what that what would work for me. So I for email, I personally like ActiveCampaign quite a bit, but MailChimp is not bad. MailChimp gets better all the time and it's free. So ActiveCampaign, great if you're doing something more complicated, but it's more expensive. MailChimp is perfect for getting started and being free. But the one thing I do use quite a bit that I think is, is critical is uh, Boomerang uh, and canned responses in Gmail. So I have a whole bunch of systems where I just automatically have certain responses. So for example, in that insight, if you've got people filtered out and you know it's not a good fit, you should have a canned response for that. So you don't have to sit and think and redraft sure. an email every single time you need to you know, refer them over to somebody else. For each step in your process, you should have a whole script of responses, especially as they're moving through and they're getting to be a potential client. You should have things where you don't have to, you know, rethink your messaging every single day. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense. We are almost to the top of the show, but Karen, I didn't want to let you go before because I, I've read some stuff you've written about this. And I know you, you uh, have some big thinking around this, but I wanted to ask you about women in design, um, in marketing and in design in general, um, and whether or not that's an advantage. Um, and since you've spoken about it before, I thought uh, I'd love to end the show with your comments and thoughts about women in design. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stigma, especially around designers, that you know there are these kind of artists and um, kind of you know foo foo and whatever. But I think um, there is a very unique perspective that women are able to tackle in design that is is unique. And so whether it's better or, or you know, worse or whatever is, is not necessarily what I'm saying, but sure. um, considering marketing in general, the basic outcome and goal in marketing is to be memorable. So you're trying to be different. You're trying to set yourself apart. Uh, in most of the cases of the clients I work with, they're in big geographic areas where the, it, the competition is fierce. And so if they sure. just put up a site and it looks like every other site and it has a downtown nighttime skyline picture of, you know, <laughs> X city, and it just says law firm comma X city, they are not setting themselves apart. They're doing the opposite of every goal in marketing. So considering the, the benefits of women and their ability to look at those different approaches and figure out how to set yourself apart is, you know, something to consider. And, you know, in my experience, it's, it's been a superior advantage <laughs> over 
the kind of general cliche responses that most of the the men that I've worked with come up with. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, certainly a, a an aspect and, you know, people can check out uh, your website at ConroyCreativeCouncil.com and take a look uh, at what, what you're talking about. But I think that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Unfortunately, because I've got like, I just want to talk to you like another 20 minutes about that and, and other <laughs> stuff or another 20 hours. Right. But, uh, but we're out of time. So uh, that wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Business Advisory Podcast. And our guest today, in case you've forgotten, has been Karen Conroy. She's the founder and creative director of Conroy Creative Council. I already mentioned they can uh, find out more about you uh, at ConroyCreativeCouncil.com. Um, if they want to follow up with the uh, with the name of that software you're talking about or anything else, um, are there any other ways they can get you on Twitter or Facebook, LinkedIn? What would you? How would you like people to contact you? Yeah, any of the follow any of the above. Um, Twitter is just Karn Conroy, you know, at Karn Conroy. Um, LinkedIn is always a great way. I connect through a lot of people through LinkedIn. You can just look for my name. Fantastic, and that's K A R I N. C-O-N-R-O-Y. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And this, of course, is Christopher Anderson, and I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.